So, as you recall, last week, you boys and girls learned that Caleb and David had gone to bed, and when they woke up in the morning, they sang their mama's song, and they just showered her with love. And when they, when they were to wake up the next morning, when they were to, to, after they ate breakfast, that they were supposed to go ahead and head out on this amazing journey. So they got all ready, and by the time they had come downstairs, their mom had made them breakfast and had packed them a lunch, and guess what was in the lunch? Hot dogs and mac and cheese, like the best, right? And as they're sitting down, the, the mom is, is just really encouraging them, okay, now boys, I know you're going with dad, but listen, you need to make sure that you are careful, all right? Watch out. Be alert. Okay, can you do that for me? And they're kind of, you know what little boys and do is like, okay, mom, shrugging their shoulders, sure. And dad says, hey, boys, listen, I found a book in your great-great-grandpa's desk drawer, the very top drawer, last night before you guys went to bed, and I pulled it out, and you know what it was? It was... It was a story of his life that he had written, and he had never finished it, but it's kind of like a diary. And if you don't know what a diary is, maybe you can ask your mommy or daddy what a diary is. But this was kind of like a diary, and it was a story about his life. And I want you to realize that when your dad, when your great-great-grandpa was dressed up in a pirate suit, that wasn't for a masquerade party. And that cut that he got on his cheek was not because of an accident. And they said, Dad, really? Are you trying to say that great-great-grandpa was a, was a what, boys? What, what was a pirate? And he said, here's his story. When he was only 10 years old and he was living in the Caribbean on an island called the French Martinique, he was in this orphanage and at 10 years of age. Now, this is the early 1800s, boys. So pirates were not real popular. They were almost all gone because of the navies that were roaming the seas. But one night, a pirate ship had docked their boat out at sea and come in, and they raided the orphanage along with some of the gold from the wealthy and took it with them. And he, along with nine other boys, so 10 total, were taken aboard the pirate ship. He served on that pirate ship for almost 10 years. And one day, as he was learning the ways of being a pirate and doing all of those bad things, the American Navy caught them by surprise, and engaged in a battle with them on the high seas of the Caribbean. And a storm was brewing out at sea. And it was starting to get dark. And the, the pirate ship turned, realizing they were not going to win. They had already started taking on water, and the ship was going further into the water. So they knew they needed to get out of there, so they hightailed it out of there. And if you don't know what to understand what the word hightailed means, ask your mom or dad. And they hightailed it out of there, right? And they outran that American Navy ship, but they ran right into a storm. 
and the storm began breaking up the ship and threw the ship against the rocks of an island that because of the storm was almost invisible, almost gone. The, our our great-great-grandpa managed, as the ship was starting to fall apart, grab a hold of some of the, the, the wood, the planks from that ship, and he floated ashore. He was the only one to survive. The next day it was pouring rain and he had hid himself in, in the high hills in a, in a cave. And by the next day, this, the sun came out and it began to clear and the water had gone way down almost 30 feet. And now he could see the ship and it was above the, the ocean. And he waded out to the ship and he realized that he was the only survivor and he took with him the stuff that he had that was his in his cabin and then he also took all of the gold. It took him the entire day and he hid it in that little cave. Now, he eventually was rescued and as time would tell, he himself purchased a larger boat and he was able to take that gold and silver and the treasures to a place in middle of central Florida. And boys, he bought this house with some of that money and he bought the land and it extends all the way to the limestone quarry. And he owned all of this property. Now, we don't know much. I haven't read any further in, in his story, but I do know that one day he did become a Christian and he left his pirate ways behind him. But boys, I don't know if when we go down into this cave, we're going to find some of that treasure, or maybe we're not. He may have used it and given it all to the orphanages. I don't know. But I've packed your, your mom has packed your lunch, and I've packed some equipment for us. Because, boys, I, I want you to realize that this is going to be fun, but it's going to be an adventure, and it might be hard. So they said, Caleb and David said, Dad, we are all in. We're going to do this, and it's going to be fun. So they brought their flashlights, and they headed down into the, the map room where it was very, very dark. And they pulled out their flashlight, and they shone it around the room. And they, Caleb said, see, Dad, there it is right there. That's that's the map that we saw on great-grandpa's wall in his study. And his dad looked at it, and he said, boys, let me take a picture. So he pulled out his cell phone, right, and he took a picture of it. And he said, boys, now, the map shows that we're going to go down the passageway, and there's a sharp turn, and then there's another big room. Boys, I wonder if that's where the treasure is. And he said, dad, let's go find out. Now, the doorway in that map room was still open. And they shone the light down that dark, dark, eerie passageway. And they couldn't see anything. They couldn't see the end. And all there was was darkness. So he, dad looked at him and says, boys, are you ready? He says, oh, dad, we were born ready. <laughs> so he said, okay, boys, let's go. And down they went. And it was a long passageway. And then they came to that big curve. But right after they came out of the curve, there were, there were roots growing all across the, the, 
the, the passageway, the passageway was about six feet wide, about this wide, okay? And as, as they shone the light, they, they, there was no way for them to get through. So their dad had to pull out a hatchet and a knife and began cutting the roots of this tree that was blocking the way. And Caleb took one of them. And if you can see this, it looked a little bit like this. He trimmed it up and he decided he was going to use it as a walking stick. You know what a walking stick is? You know, for a long journey. And so far they were traveling a long way. They, he was going to use it to bear his weight and walk along on the pathway. So along he went, carrying that walking stick. And his dad said, boys, now look, listen, remember what your mother said. We need to be very, very careful. And as they're walking, David wanted to lead the way because it was only six feet wide in the passageway. And so as he was leading, suddenly the, he, he heard a rumble and his feet gave way. And he started to slip, and his dad grabbed him by the back of the collar and rescued him as the floor to the passageway gave way. About 10 feet, completely fell down. And his dad pulled him in, and he said, David, we need to be careful, son. And as they peered down and they looked down into the hole, it was so deep that they couldn't see the bottom. And they said, Dad, what, what are we going to do? And is there shining the light? Caleb said, Dad, wait, wait, look at this. Look at this over here. Do you see this? It looks as if there's something like a ledge sticking out all the way down about an inch. Dad, I wonder if it is a ledge that maybe if we press a button that it's going to come out further. And David said, oh, really? And dad said, well, I don't know. I think it's going to be harder than that. And Caleb said, no, let's, let's look, let's look. So as they looked around, they were looking for maybe some sort of button. And David said, all I see is this rock right here. And it was about the size of my palm. And as he pushed it, that little ledge came out about this far all the way down that 10 feet and they began to just scoot down sideways just to make being very careful so they wouldn't fall and no sooner had they crossed dad turned the boys to him david caleb listen to me boys this is more dangerous than i thought now if you're scared we can turn back and, and Caleb said, Dad, what do you mean turn back? We've already crossed this big pit. I mean, there's no turning back now. Come on. We are in this. Okay, boys, but I just want you to know this is a little bit more dangerous than I thought, and I want you to be very, very careful. And, and David was excited by now, and he was facing them, and he was starting to back up, and he said, Dad, this is going to be so fun. I'm going to lead the way. And no sooner did he turn around, but they heard a sound. Kind of like that. And they stopped. And they, their dad said, boys, don't move. Don't move. Now, David, stay right where you are. And as he walked around his son, David, there in front of them, about six feet away, was the biggest rattlesnake they had ever seen. The head was probably this 
It was big. It was big. And Caleb, or, or David said, Dad, what are we going to do? Boys and girls, what would you do if only six feet from you was the biggest rattlesnake you had ever seen? And Caleb said, Dad, I think I have an idea. And he took his walking stick, just like this. And he said, Dad, I'm going to trap him. And dad said, you're going to do what, son? And before he could even say, you're going to do what, son, he had approached him and he had jabbed the snake and caught the snake's head right in. Do you see where that Y is, boys and girls? He caught his head right in there and pushed it against the wall. And he said, now, you guys go right now. Let's go past the snake. And as they ran past the snake, Caleb pushed the snake along the wall right into the pit. That was the scariest thing they had ever seen or experienced. And da Daddy said, look, boys, this, this is dangerous. Are you sure you... Yes, Dad, this is so exciting, said little David. And he's only 10 years old. And so they said, okay, boys, we're going to keep going. And it wasn't too much further that they came to that big room. And boys and girls, do you know what was in the middle of that big room. Now, it wasn't as big as the map room, but almost. It was a rock about three feet round, about this big around, and about three feet high. And the dad said, boys, what do you think is under this rock? If we could move this rock, do you think we would find the treasure? Boys and girls, do you think they're going to find the treasure under that stone? Or are they going to find only more trouble and more danger? We're going to have to wait till next week to find out. Okay? Can we have the lights? So, boys and girls, I want to ask you, have you ever had your mommy or daddy say, oh, be careful, be careful, you know, sometimes my mom, when she would get cold, would say, Mike, be careful. You wear a jacket outside. And it was like 70 degrees. I was like, Mom, this is amazing weather. Put on the jacket. So I had to put on the jacket, obey my mom. But there were times in which I realized just how right they were. Many times my dad would take us hiking off into the White Mountains in New Hampshire. And that was about, that was way far away. And we would camp in the mountains and it was just so cool. But you know what? There were times in which we would be going down a small path and he would say, now listen, boys, be careful. There are snakes along the pathway. There are rocks and you do not want to run across the rocks because you could twist your ankle. Or there are berries that you're going to see along the side. Never eat the wild berries because they could hurt you. And so we knew that my dad was being very serious. And so we were careful. You know, boys and girls, there are times in which your mom or your dad says, hey, be careful, watch out, and you need to listen to them. And you may not always agree that you think they're right, but you obey your mom and dad. Because they're your parents. And God gave you your parents very specially for you. And they are there to help you. So I want to encourage you. 
When your mom and dad says, hey, it's time to go to bed. But mom, mom, it's, it's still early. I want you to go to bed. You want to make sure you obey your mom, okay? You obey your dad. That's so important. And they say, hey, you know what? There are some boys that live down the road, and I'm, I'm not sure just, you know, how good an influence they are. Let's, let's be very careful. You obey your mom and dad. That's so important, all right? Well, it's good to have you this morning, kids, and, and maybe next week we'll find out what is under that rock.